Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for September 25th, 2017. I survived the Jewish holidays, uh, and I also have to say this. Everybody was very enjoyable because I put the SoundCloud app on some of my relatives' phones, so nobody should listen to prior episodes of the podcast. I had a great time over the Jewish holidays. Everybody was a delight, and all the stories I heard were really interesting. So thank you for your great time, people. And uh, it was a lot of fun hanging out with you, and I can't wait for the Jewish holidays again next year. Greg, I like how so, you call your relatives people. That was a that's a nice touch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As opposed to as opposed to what I was calling them before, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, for the baseball slate tomorrow, it's going to be interesting because we've talked about this before about just how a lot of teams have been resting a ton of players, and it's made a lot of the slates not playable. This is one of the only slates that I think has been worth putting money on really over like the last couple weeks. Like there was the Oakland slate last Tuesday or Wednesday, which I thought was a good one because there's a lot of value there. I think we have a slate that's similar to that for tonight. And it's because of one of the offensive spots that we'll talk about. But first with the pitchers, my favorite pitcher is going to be Aaron Nola at 8,000. So there are more expensive pitchers that we usually talk about and start with them. But I think Nola has the highest expected output on the slate at 8,000. And the reason is because not only is he arguably the best pitcher on the slate, but his matchup against the Nationals is a pretty positive one because the Nationals have not played the regular lineup really at all over the last couple weeks. They're up like 25 games in the division. They've clinched a playoff spot like a month ago now, and they just haven't had incentive to play anybody. They're fine with using Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg and having them throw 120 pitches, but Daniel Murphy isn't allowed to start on back-to-back days for some reason. So for that reason, Aaron Nola... Obviously, got Matt and I have been really high on a lot this year. He's probably been one of our highest-owned pitchers for the season. And him at 8000 it's just too cheap of a price for a matchup that's really much easier than what a lot of people would think just seeing the Washington Nationals. Yeah, let me play devil's advocate for just a second before I agree with you on Nola being the best value. Uh, Bryce Harper's expected to be activated for this game, but I do think that he's going to be in just a pinch-hit role for the final week. It is possible he's in the starting lineup, but... We'll have to wait for news on that. I, I don't think he's supposed to be playing, though. Ryan Zimmerman is expected to play. He sat out the whole weekend with general soreness, is what the injury news had it at. And he's supposed to be back in the lineup for Monday. They were just giving him a few scheduled days off. So Zimmerman's supposed to play. Harper could play. Uh, Murphy hasn't had a day off in maybe two or three days, though. So he'll probably sit, and maybe we'll see some other guys sit, too. So unless the Nationals have their full lineup with Bryce Harper and everyone else— I still think Nola is the best value pitcher on the slate. And even if, it, if Harper is playing, I'll still use him. Because Nola is arguably the best starting pitcher of any of these guys. He's much cheaper than the top ones. And uh, the Nationals offense is kind of just mediocre at its present state. It could be a solid offense, maybe even a very good one with everyone at full health. But that just seems really unlikely given that they've been resting so many guys and Bryce Harper just isn't cleared fully to play yet. So I do think he'll be on the bench. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you on Nola. 8000 is just too cheap for him. He's been really good this year, and he had some bad luck with batting average on balls in play over a few starts. But his most recent couple starts against the Dodgers and against the Marlins, his last two were phenomenal. Hopefully that his ownership isn't crazy, but I, I think that he's worth using in most lineups. I don't know if I'm going to be all in on him unless the Nationals have some really bad starting lineup with a lot of guys resting. Uh, considering what we're doing offensively, 
I think it's going to make sense to mix up the starting pitching, and we'll get to that at some point. But who are the other pitchers you like that you would pair with Nola? Yeah, so you Darvish, 12300 uh, this is too expensive for him, but I don't care because we're going to basically have unlimited money to spend on pitching. So, ridiculously favorable matchup at home against the Padres. Darvish has not been great since the All-Star break, but he has put together a couple decent starts in a row. So, I'm at least slightly optimistic that he's finding good form heading to the postseason. So, you Darvish, 12300 Just because of the home matchup against the Padres, I think he's in play. Then we have Luke Weaver, 9,900, at home against the Cubs. The Cubs, much worse hitting team against right-handed pitching than left-handed pitching. And also, in addition to that, Luke Weaver has been absolutely ridiculous since getting called up to the majors and being made a full-time starter. I think it happened about a month and a half ago since Adam Wainwright got hurt. And Weaver has an ERA and a FIP. Uh, well, actually, his ERA is below two. His FIP, his peripheral stats are all like 2.5 FIP, 2.3 XFIP. So there's nothing fluky about it. He's just been really good. He's striking out 11 and a half hitters per nine innings. He's walking under two guys. He's, I mean, he is ace upside. I think he's going to be one of the better pitchers in the league for the next few seasons. So him at 9,900, the matchup against the Cubs still isn't ideal, but it's still, I, I think that's still great, great play. Luke Weaver, 9,900. And was there anybody else? I, I don't I don't really have a lot of interest in Godley at ten thousand six hundred. I know we talked about him a little bit before the podcast, but I much prefer Weaver, Darvish, Nola. I think those are gonna be my three guys that I really like. I definitely agree with your ranking of those three guys. I do think it makes sense to use all of them, especially if you're stacking the same offense in every lineup. It's maybe an unnecessary amount of diversification to use pitchers that you kind of just think are okay. I'm still a little bit torn on this, but Weaver is definitely my favorite pitcher for his price outside of Nola. And uh, Darvish is expensive, but I would argue he has the highest expected output on the slate just because even if he only pitches five innings, he should still get a ton of strikeouts. The Padres are a bad offense. They strike out a lot. They're even worse against righties. We mentioned the Jose Perella injury, which is pretty significant for them. He's been arguably their best hitter this season. So it's just a really favorable matchup for Darvish in a strong pitcher's park which the other pitchers that we've mentioned don't have to their advantage. Zach Godley, especially pitching in Arizona, I think that's the big knock on him for this game. Also, the Giants don't strike out a ton. And Godley seems to be wearing down a little bit this late in the season. I think his velocity is down just slightly. I may be wrong on that, but I think at last look, he was down half a mile per hour or so. And he's had a couple not that great starts. Uh, He didn't do well against the Padres in his most recent start, and he had... I think a pretty bad one against the Dodgers where he gave up four runs two weeks ago. So I do like Weaver a lot. I think Darvish makes sense just because of the extra salary that you mentioned. Even though it's it's a little expensive for him, I guess it just doesn't matter. We definitely both like Nola. And I don't really think there's another pitcher that's even worth mentioning. There's just, there's a lot of cheaper guys and there's just no reason not to pay up at pitching for both spots. So it's just going to be Nola and maybe some combination of the other three guys. Yeah, definitely. And just to back up what you're saying also, so Godley, his velocity on his sinker, he's primarily a sinker ball pitcher, sat at like 92 to 92 and a half miles per hour for the first half of the season. And now it's in like the 91 to 92 mile per hour range and actually 91.08, 91.22, 91.05 for his last few starts. So he's definitely wearing down a little bit as the season goes on. This is his first full season as a starter. 
In addition, there's just limited upside in targeting pitchers against the San Francisco Giants, even though they're a total shit offense and they don't score runs, they don't hit for power. They put the ball in play and they don't strike out a ton, which is definitely annoying if you're rostering a pitcher against them. It really caps the upside. So, Zach Godley, I'm just, I'll, I'll be off him for tomorrow for all those reasons. I think all the other guys that we mentioned are also just more talented pitchers. So there's more upside in going for the Weaver, Darvish, Nola guys, and I'm good with just being off godly for tomorrow. All right, I think I can get behind that. So I'll probably only end up using godly if the Giants have some sort of weaker-than-usual lineup, which is always on the table at this stage of the season. But I think that that's, that's enough pitcher talk, and then we can get to the part of the slate that we actually really find value in, which is the offense. So... Do you want to start it off? Let's uh, let's talk about this ridiculously underpriced DraftKings lineup. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I don't even understand. So the Seattle Mariners are so ridiculously cheap against Daniel Gossett, and I spent a lot of time just looking at it, trying to figure out the potential reasons why they could be so cheap. So the Mariners, it's not like the Mariners have been terrible or anything like that recently. Daniel Gossett's been bad all season. Gossett has... Um, Where's the tab? Oh, here's that. Uh, 5.38 ERA, 4.98 FIP this year. Not striking out a lot of guys. I mean, he's kind of just the definition of a replacement level player. And he hasn't pitched any better than that recently either. So since the All-Star break, uh, he's allowing a 3.67. Wobo has a 4.91 ERA. So he's just been bad all season. So to see the Mariners, who are one of the top like six or seven offenses against right-handed pitching, priced at where they are just doesn't make any sense to me canoe at 3000 nelson cruz is 2900 which is totally ridiculous like nelson cruz has been priced like around 4000 he faces the best pitchers in baseball and now all of a sudden he's facing just a shitty pitcher in daniel goss and he goes all the way down to 2900 so gene segura is 3000 uh, uh matt was telling me before we started he does have a sprained pinky and might not play he sat out today and he left Saturday's game early, but if he plays at 3,000, that's ridiculous. Mitch Hanniger is the most expensive hitter in the Mariners lineup at 3,400, so you could stack the Mariners, who are in a really good spot, and basically use any plugs you want around them. So you could use players at cores, you could use any of the top pitchers. Like, that is just by far the best option on this slate, and that's, I think, a really plus EV option for, uh, for tomorrow night. Yeah, you usually see these prices reserved for the Padres and Giants against pitchers like Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale. So it makes absolutely no sense to see the Mariners priced in the 3,000 area against a pitcher who's not even close to average. He's pretty obviously bad. And there's nothing about the Mariners' recent performance that suggests they should be cheaper. Nelson Cruz hit four home runs this week, and he cost 2900 like, what, what in the DraftKings algorithm determined that he is due for a bad game? Maybe that's what they're now doing. Nelson Cruz was good this week, so now he's going to have a bad upcoming week. They've just decided that... Uh, people in the Slack <laughs> chat are going to be so excited to hear that the Mariners... The Mar- we need to start pricing in players being due. So so now it's it's not even based on recent performance. Just It's just based on opposite of recent performance is the pricing because everybody's either due for a good or bad game. Yeah, I think Felix Hernandez should be the most expensive pitcher on this slate because he's due for a good game. That's definitely how it should work. Yeah, definitely. And by that logic, Daniel Gossett's never had a good major league outing, so he should be really expensive also because he's clearly due for a good game. He's he's ultra due. If he hasn't had a good game for two years, uh, that's as due as somebody could be. 
So maybe the pricing does make sense. But no, this is this is ridiculous. I really can't figure out what might be going on here. My one concern is that the Mariners, I think, were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday. So they may start resting guys. Nelson Cruz they're plays... Due for a let, they're due for a letdown. Yeah, that's if... I mean, I guess if you define it in those terms, then sure. Uh, but... Nelson Cruz DHs every day, so I'm not overly concerned about him resting. It's not very taxing to just play DH every day. Mitch Hanniger is a young player. Ben Gamble is too. I, I don't really see a reason why the Mariners would rest, guys, but we'll be able to know that within a few hours of the slate starting, hopefully. The game is in Oakland and starts at 10 o'clock. If the Mariners don't release their lineup before 7, that might make for some issues. But I don't really care who starts in this lineup. I mean, even if it's guys like Gamble and Hanniger that are their best hitters, and then maybe you have Mike Zanino is, is moved up in the lineup, or Yonder Alonso is batting third or fourth, or Taylor Motter, or guys that usually don't play, they're so cheap that it's still going to be worth using them, even if the expected output drops a little. I think that there's almost no way the Mariners could give us a lineup that we wouldn't want to stack with every combination because we would stack almost any offense this cheap against Daniel Gossett, even if it was the Padres or Giants or something. So this is just really obvious. I hope that it's not too obvious, though, where the ownership is crazy high. And I, I don't think it will be because there's just a lot of games on this slate, so ownership is going to be spread around. The and more, there's a lot of good offense spots. There's yeah, we can, cores, there's uh, James Shields is pitching, and I know that... Well, I don't think people are um, just I, I know auto. a lot of people <laughs> are kind of of the belief that James Shields is good now because he has he didn't give up a home run in his last start I think that that was the first time in three months he didn't give up a home run but <laughs> I, I don't think that makes James Shields good but I think I think the next thing that we should say so assuming we're gonna have Mariners in all of our lineups we're gonna be using the three pitchers we mentioned earlier who do you think are the other offenses that are in really good spots that make sense as like secondary stacks or secondary plays to fill out Mariner stacks with well, I'll start with the highest expected output game, and I think it's the game that's going to carry substantially more ownership than the Mariners will, partly because it's Coors Field, and partly because the Marlins were so ridiculously good over the weekend against the Diamondbacks, so the their hot narrative will definitely play up here. The Marlins are in Coors against Tyler Chatwood. Giancarlo Stanton is priced at 5800 but I don't think that's going to deter too many people because Stanton's a really fun player to roster, I guess. Uh, the Marlins as a whole, though, beyond Stanton, are not that expensive. Justin Board, 5000 might be a little pricey, but he's been great over the last few weeks. And then everyone else is 4500 or less. So it's not really a crazy stack to make, but we're probably not going to go that route anyway. So I do like the Marlins for plugs. I think using Stanton does make some sense because we're going to have all this extra salary with the Mariners being so cheap and the pitching combo of Nola and Weaver being kind of cheap too. And even Nola... And Darvish isn't really that expensive either, considering how cheap the Mariners are. So the offenses that we'll probably use the most of are the two in that game. The Marlins against Chatwood and then the Rockies, who get Despagne at home in Colorado. That's as favorable of a matchup as you're going to see. Despagne is really bad. The Rockies' offense isn't particularly good, but at least Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado are really good. And it's in course field, so any hitter can be good there. Uh, so that's definitely the spot to look for plugs from because Coors Field is going to create some good opportunities and the pitching matchup's pretty bad. And then the other offense is the Angels against James Shields. So I think those are going to be the three that we're probably going to be using the most to fill in with Mariner's stacks. 
uh, Dodgers at home against against Travis Wood also. Yeah, definitely. The Dodgers uh, probably have a lower expected output than any of those other teams. The park factor is worse for them for sure. Uh, maybe not compared to Chicago. It depends what the wind is doing. And it's also a lefty pitching. I think if I had to pick a second team to stack, it would be the Dodgers. But I don't think that the fact that they're cheap really is relevant when pairing them with Seattle because price is just not a concern for the final three roster spots. So if you wanted to stack the Dodgers, I don't think I would fault you there because only Cody Bellinger costs more than 4000 and Travis Wood is terrible. Um, so if you need cheap plugs or another stack that isn't the Mariners, the Dodgers are the way to go. But I don't think it's going to work too well to fit anyone else into Mariner stacks except for maybe Corey Seager if Gene Segura isn't playing because then Seager is probably the best remaining shortstop on the slate. Yeah, we would definitely need a shortstop then. Uh, the other thing also is that the Dodgers are pretty likely to also be resting some guys tomorrow, and it is definitely annoying that they tend to put out lineups really late. So there's going to be an opportunity to get Dodgers at low ownership also. I think somebody like Corey Seager could probably be had at like 5% or less ownership, which is very nice for large field GPPs. Uh, there's no other offenses that I really want to throw out. Is there anything else you want to mention, Matt? No, I mean, I'll mention specifically for the Angels that I really like Mike Trout, despite the fact that he had a very bad week at the plate, and despite the fact oh, that you're going out on a limb, you like Mike Trout. I do like Mike Trout. Well, I think he's probably not going to carry a ton of ownership, which is kind of crazy because Trout is the best player in baseball by a pretty decent margin. And James Shields is bad, but hasn't seemed that bad lately. And Trout had a bad week, so he's cold or due or something. But Trout is cheaper than the Coors Field plugs, which is sort of rare. He's usually priced around the same as those guys. And I think most people are going to default to Blackman and Stanton. But I definitely wouldn't ignore Trout against James Shields. That's the best player in baseball going against one of the worst pitchers in baseball. So it's obviously a good spot for him. Yeah, I agree. I also like Mike Trout against a very bad pitcher. I think that's I think that's a strong analysis. Thanks. So Fred. that's going to wrap up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at grbertdfs. Matt's Twitter handle is at preaching sense, and we'll be back tomorrow.